This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be a dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'ma do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense gonna turn up, but the defense gonna win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. All right, guys, it's a uh, post-Thanksgiving edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Joining me, fresh off his turkey coma, it's Israel Troop, man. What's up? What's going on, man? Well, uh, it was a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody else had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I ate my fair share of goodies during that time, so... Uh, right now, just trying to walk it all off. Right now, hey, I uh, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, I had probably the best stuffing I've ever had uh, on Thursday, so that was uh, that was a positive from the Thanksgiving holiday. Lots of great football on too. Man, my my mama, my mother in law's uh, sweet potato casserole was absolutely delicious. Then my mom made a, a honey glazed ham. Boy, I I can still taste it right now. It was that delicious, but. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I love this weekend. I love the competition from this weekend. I can't wait to talk about it. Absolutely. Well, let's get into it, man. Uh, we'll start off with the uh, the game of the week around these parts. Uh, Georgia taking on South Carolina in Columbia. It was all dogs from from the word go. Uh, the rushing attack, I think, totaled the exact number. I'll get you the exact number here in just a second. But it was over 300 yards. JT Daniels threw some dimes. And Arian Smith joined the party uh, for the first time all year. And uh, he caught his first touchdown on his first actual reception. So that was good. Uh, that was good to see. And, uh, you know, just an all-around great game. The defense finally kind of got back in their groove, even though I, I still don't think we figured out how to cover a tight end. But that's neither here nor there. But um, all being told, 45-16, I will take that any day of the week. I don't care. Um, some some bright spots for uh, South Carolina. I think they found somebody in Luke Doty. I think he's going to be good. He's improving. Uh, Kevin Harris had a, had a rough day, 17 carries for 53 yards, averaging 3.1 per. Um, Nick Muse, the tight end, eight catches, 131 and a touchdown. Uh, so they, uh, you know, they had that one drive that was like 99 and a half yards. That yeah. was good. That was a bright spot for South Carolina, but otherwise, a rough game for Gamecock fans. But I mean, what do you expect? I mean, they, they uh, you know, it, it, it's it's one of those things where you, uh, you know, you fire your coach and and some things are in disarray. But 
Israel, before you jump into that, I'm going to do the uh, – I, for, I forgot that we were sponsored by BetOnline.ag. The NFL season's in full swing. So is college. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. That never closes, so head to BetOnline.ag today. Take full advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We'll get into some some betting stories here later, but what are your thoughts on the game, Israel? Man, I thought it was a really good game. Um, I thought it was a clean game. Um, we knew that uh, Coach Bubba would have a plan um, for our defense, and he did. Um, that came out of tempo just a little bit, um, especially on that 99-yard um, series. I mean, they came out in tempo. That's one thing that, that's been giving us trouble um, all year. But I, I love the way that the, the offensive line came out and responded in the running game. Uh, I love to see uh, James Cook um, and all those boys to just go to work. Um, I, I think James, James Cook had a nice coming out party as far as rushing the ball. Um, I think uh, JT uh, didn't have to do a whole lot, but when he was called upon, he did, he did uh, very good. And I think our, our receivers, and they stepped up, you know, uh, locking in the run game, screen game, you know, making big plays here and there. So um, I think it was a great all-around game by by Georgia. Um, but, you know, like like you alluded to earlier, you know, our defense, um, you know, gave us some big plays. That they're more of a bend but don't break uh, kind of defense. So um, I'm okay with that. You know, uh, we'll get it tightened up, you know, as the competition gets a little bit um, – gets a little bit harder, you know, as the years go on. But I don't think we're going to see anything that scares us um, until we uh, play Missouri, and that's even if we get to play Missouri. So um, good all-around game by the dogs. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, when your quarterback can only throw 16 passes and you and you win 45-16, that's always a great day. Glad to see James Cook finally get in and, and really bust out. He had over 100 yards uh, rushing. It's on six carries, 104, had a long of 44, that big – uh, touchdown run that kind of broke their back. Uh, he had he scored a pair of touchdowns, uh, so that was good to see. Uh, Dewan Edwards, fourteen carries, seventy-seven yards. Kenny McIntosh, seventy-nine carries on, or seventy-nine yards on nine carries, seventy-nine carries. That would be a record. Uh, Zamir White, eighty-four yards on thirteen carries. He scored twice as well. Just all around, everyone getting in involved in the run game. Uh, you know, th- those were those were all the bright spots. We were able to get our four uh, four out of our five uh, running backs some some action, uh, especially Kenny McIntosh coming back off injury, and Dawan Edwards, one of the uh, one of the true freshmen that came in, one of the pair of true freshmen that came in. That uh, I think he came down from uh, he was a Colquitt guy, right? He is a Colquitt County Packer. Yes, he is. Um, I coached Matt when he was at Colquitt. Um, he was in the eighth grade, going to the ninth, and I had him in, in the weight room and. I mean, just seeing that kid in the weight room, he was coming off an injury um, from his eighth grade year. Um, he, he had torn his ACL, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm talking about that kid just was a beast in the weight room. And I remember telling uh, Coach Rush Probst, I was like, this kid's going to start for you as a ninth grader. You know, you know, coaches always look at you like, what well, is a ninth grader, you know, running back. But, I mean, he did. He came in four years, started, had a great career at Colquitt, um, and, and then that – that transferred over um, to the game Saturday when he, when he finally got in, got to show the world what, what he can do. So I'm very proud of him. Um, I know him personally, and um, I, was, I was very proud to see him go out there and ball the way he did and the fact that he is a Georgia Bulldog. Yes, absolutely. He did that for the red and black, and I'm sure that you know makes the South Georgia region very, very happy. Uh, so that was good to see. You know, Like I said, James Cook was, was a bright spot, uh, but – 
you know, uh, out of the receivers, it was good to see, you know, it was good to see Arian Smith get out there. He looked, I mean, he looked as spry as it can get. He, his his lone catch was a 31-yard touchdown on a post route. Uh, just set up nice and beautiful um, on that, but uh, not much, not much going in the, in the passing game. You know, ten ten completions to one, two, three, four, five guys, uh, which is uh, you know, which is pretty good. George Pickens had an okay day, uh, made some big catches um, that that moved the sticks, uh, but nothing like earth shattering where he's going deep or anything like that. Jermaine uh, had a couple of chain movers, and Trey McKitty had that one. Uh, he basically. He basically took over the the opening drive. He had that long seam route, and then then he had that one where he, yeah. And I'm glad to see they gave him that touchdown on the on the one he caught down there at the goal line because I was I was going to say he he got uh, he got robbed on that, but I was I was glad to see that he finished off that drive because he was such a big contributor, which is good if you can get your tight ends involved. Um, I I'll, you know you always like to see that. So, you know, I, I think for all the uh, for all the chatter that. Georgia only threw 16 passes and the the return of the ground and pound uh, things. I you know I, I don't really understand that because if it's working, why why get away from it? Uh, first of all, and and second exactly. of all, you struggle. You had eight yards rushing against Mississippi State, and the game plan dictated that you throw for 400 yards to to win, and they did. This game plan dictated that you rush for 332 yards and dominate. So. I don't get where all the griping is from. I understand for, for uh, people who who don't understand how this game works. You know, they get upset. I mean, like you said, last week was a game where we had to throw the ball, and that's what we did. We showed that we could throw the ball. This game, you know, the offensive line put it on their shoulders, and we ran the ball for over 300 yards, and, and we won in dramatic fashion. So I don't understand um, why everybody gets so upset when they – I don't know what they, what they want to see. Um, I mean, we, we won, what, by 35 points. I, I don't understand, you know, what exactly you want to see. But, you know, from a play-calling standpoint, and you know just as well as I do, if one thing's working, you're not going to come off of it. If the run game's working, you're going to keep running. If the throw game's working, you're going to keep throwing it. And that also is predicated on what the defense is giving you. If the defense is letting you run the ball, you're going to keep running the ball. If, if, they're, if they're stopping the run, and you can throw it, and you're going to throw the ball. So, uh, I think everybody just needs to calm down, you know, let the coaches coach. And um, as you can see, they're doing a great job. I think Coach Munkin is the guy uh, for this job, and he's getting everybody involved. And Coach Del McGee is get, was rotating running backs, and they don't skip a beat. Um, so everybody just calm down and be happy. You know, we're, we're winning. Um, our offense is explosive. Our offense is balanced. So um, that's what everybody's been wanting. So, um, you know, I, I don't understand what, what, what people are wanting. Um, out of us I don't either because I mean you look at our scoring drives uh Trey McKitty six yard pass from JT Daniels he pretty much took over that was an all pass I think that was a I think that was seven plays uh and and Trey McKitty was basically a major part of that uh then you have a James Cook five-yard run that was probably set up by uh by some passes and then you know I can't help it if Zamir White breaks a 22-yard run for a touchdown and and that was a five-play drive Exactly. Well, you want him to do just stop at the goal line so he can throw the ball in? No, you want him to go ahead and score. <laughs> and then James Cook had a 29-yard touchdown run. And then, of course, Zamir White had a three-yard run uh, on, on the three-play 13-yard drive. That was uh, right out of the third quarter uh, where they had the short field. Um, and then and then uh, you, you have that throw to Arian Smith, uh, the, th- the 31-yard touchdown pass. That was the last score. So, I mean, I I don't know what you want these guys to do. I mean, we had two passing touchdowns, and and, and a lot of major these a lot of these major plays were set up by 
by uh, by passes. Like I think the on the second drive, on the second scoring drive, uh, you you had a big third and long that was converted by uh, George Pickens, where it was a back shoulder throw. And uh, watching mm-hmm. it, I, I didn't think he caught it at first, and then you know I thought it went behind him, or I thought he dropped it, and then he came up with it. I was like, wow. So I mean, Man, he has he has so much good body control. He reminds me so much of AJ Green with his body control. Um, just a long guy that, that can control his body. I mean, that that you you're born with that. You know that that's not taught. That's something that that that's a skill that that you're blessed with. And he does a great job of controlling his body. Uh, very 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 much like AJ did uh, when he was playing. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, all, all that talk is just that. Just talk. Just something. You know, Georgia fans, I feel like they have to have something to complain about. And in a 45-16 <laughs> uh, blowout, there's not much to complain about. I guess if if you're stretching, um, you know, if you do want to complain about one thing, it's trying to figure out how to guard a tight end, uh, which we still haven't figured out how to do. But uh, that's okay. I mean, he only, you know, like I said, he had eight catches, 30, 131 yards and a touchdown. But then again, it's 45-16, so not much impact there. But defensively, um, a few standouts. You had Lewis Seen, uh, 12 tackles. Um, you had Quay Walker with seven tackles and a tackle for loss. Um, I'm looking at uh, Jermaine Johnson had had two tackles and uh, had a sack, one of those for a loss as well. Um, Adam Anderson had a sack. Uh, Ojalari had a sack. Channing, Channing, Channing Tindall had a sack. Um, then you had uh, Tyson Campbell chip in with, a, with an interception, returned it for 40 yards. That set up the three-play 13-yard drive. Uh, that Zamir White capped off with a uh, with a nice little run. Uh, Kiers Jackson kickoff returns. He had two of them for 62 yards. Uh, had a two punt returns. He averaged 27 and a half per return. That's pretty good. Uh, and then Jake Camarda. It's always good. This is this is one of my favorite stats. One punt, 50 yards. There you, you go. Know, you know you had a good day if Jake Camarda <laughs> is sitting on the sidelines. And, and and I'm sure that Jake Camarda doesn't mind not playing much uh, because that means that the offense is doing well. Um, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, that, that was just a great all-around game from special teams all the way uh, to defense and to offense. I think it was just a great all-around game of our dolls this week, um, and, and, it, and it was great to see fi- finally when all everything's clicking. You know, from offense, you know they're going out sustaining drives and scoring. Defense is is coming up with uh, with stops uh, minus that one and. You know, and special teams. You know, uh, Kerry Jackson just just coming up and 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 making great great decisions with the football. You know, in the kickoff return, that one punt return, I thought he was going to shake the kicker, but he didn't. Um, I think I think he won't. I'm pretty sure he wants that one back. Um, but when when all three phases of the game are clicking and your punters over there on the sideline, it, it, it's a great game. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and uh, that that's always good for for momentum. Uh, just just having the team just feel good after. Uh, you know, after a tough, tough two-game stretch with Alabama and Florida, but um, you know, it, it's good to see they're they're finally figuring some things out. Uh, you know, in in all phases of the game, I think uh, to put this game to bed, I, I think that uh, people just need to understand uh, that the other team does have scholarship players. They're allowed to have eighty-five scholarship players as well, um, and just keep in mind that South Carolina does recruit the same kids that we recruit. And we don't always win those battles. They have good coaching over there. They have some good development over there. Um, I know things didn't quite work out with uh, Muschamp, but I think that was kind of more on the 
the whole than rather the sum of the parts because I think there's some good parts in there. I just don't think it added up uh, the way he wanted it to. So uh, they're going to do some things. And and Bobo's a smart guy. You played for Coach Bobo. I mean, he he knows he knows how to scheme. He knows what gives what gives teams fits. Tempo gives every defense fits. Um, and and if you go tempo against Alabama, anybody, you're gonna have some. You're gonna have some. Uh, you're gonna give them some fits. You might you might not. I mean, they lost 45-16 at the end of the day, uh, so it couldn't give us too many fits. But um, you just got to understand that, you know, teams are going to do a few things, and that's okay. We're not going to blow out every single team uh, with a shutout. Exactly. I mean, each team is is recruiting just like we are. You know, they're they're recruiting the same guys that we are, um, and they're going to get a couple. And, of course, you know, when, when, when you have a good game plan, which I think South Carolina had a good game plan offensively against us, um, they're going to they're going to do some things. You know, defensively, they got guys over there that can make stops, and that's what they did. Um, so, you know, it, this is college football. You know, everybody's going to recruit, and everybody's going to have their athletes. So, you know, if you come out in a game where you're scoring 45 points and only giving up 16, I, I think that's I think that's a good win. Um, so, and it, and it just and it just proves that you're the better team. So, um, Kudos to South Carolina for coming out playing hard, which I think they played hard the whole entire game. Um, but, you know, we were the better team, and we showed that um, Saturday night, and um, glad we came out with a victory. Absolutely. Now to, now to put this thing to bed, um, you know, uh, looking forward to Vanderbilt coming in. Uh, this is a game that we get Jordan Davis back. We're going to uh, we're gonna try to go on with Matt Perkins and Ryan Seymour of the Believe in Vandy show uh, later on this week, so stay tuned for that. We're, we're, that's in the works right now, so – uh, we're going to try to nail down a time. I'm going to get in touch with Matt, and we're going to see what uh, see what we can make happen. But let's talk about uh, Greg McGarity uh, announces his retirement as uh, UGA athletic director. So the search will begin uh, right in the new year. So uh, I think there was some sort of incentive that uh, the university system of Georgia put in place uh, for people to retire uh, at the by the end of this year. There was some sort of like lump sum incentive. I don't know the whole details of it, but uh, nonetheless. Greg McGarity decided that that was for him, so uh, he's going to retire. I think he was going to retire in June anyway, so I think it's just, I think it just it accelerated at maybe five months. So, uh, not 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 oh, a big yeah. deal. But uh, you know, looking at Greg McGarity, I thought, you know, again, when you're running an entire athletic department, there's going to be rough patches. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. Um, especially when you're dealing with some NCAA violations, you you lived through some of those. I think you lived through the AJ Green ones. You know how was it in house uh, dealing with that stuff? Because I know he got a lot of scrutiny on that. You know, uh, it's different because you know you got so much to deal with as an AD and so many things being thrown at you. But you know, it's I'm I'm, I'm glad to see you know he's going out on top, um, and I'm really excited that my man Josh Brooks, who was there. Um, he was a football operations guy, so let's see him get a chance to kind of step in and show what he can do. But, you know, being an AD at a school like Georgia, you just got so much on your plate, um, dealing with so many top-notch programs. Um, so um, I think he did a great job, and, and I wish him all the best going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think there were some bumps in the road as far as, you know, hiring Mark Fox in basketball, but I think he's since made that right. I think he kind of held on to him too long, but – um, you know, he got the right guy in Tom Crean. I think he's got the baseball program uh, restabilized. I, that was kind of a that was kind of a uh, herky jerky situation. I think Perno was kind of burnt out, and then he left. And then I think there was a gap of time where Georgia's baseball program was um, underneath the cellar. Uh, but then they've since uh, 
they've since climbed out. And uh, they're actually pretty competitive. Joni Taylor just won her hundredth game as women's basketball coach, so that's a that's a good accomplishment. I think uh, tennis has been humming along. Uh, they haven't even skipped a beat. And then I think when you're when you're looking at uh, gymnastics, you know it ebbs and flows. But gymnastics is, is a is a popular sport in the SEC, so there's a lot of great programs uh, with Alabama, Arkansas, Florida. Florida being the 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 most recent dominant program in that sport. I I, I think you know part of uh, what McGarity's doing is trying to create a uh, competitive environment there as well. Uh, women's soccer uh, doing okay. Uh, but I, I think sports in in general are on the up and up. Uh, some new facilities being done. The baseball stadium uh, got its facelift, much needed. Uh, Foley Field, I think, the complex out there in uh, out there on uh, what's that road, uh, Millage Avenue? I can, oh, Millage. Yeah, the, the soccer softball complex. I think uh, they had some renovations. Mm-hmm. So some good things happening with McGarity. So it, it's good to see him kind of go out with, with all these projects that that uh, that have been completed that have really kind of rejuvenated. Uh, UG Athletics. So uh, President Moorhead and, and Greg McGarity really became a good team as far as that goes. I think they handled a lot of stuff. I think they handled, um, you know, I, I think they did a great job in in hiring Kirby Smart. Um, I, you know, when you look back at how Coach Rick went out, I, I don't think there's really ever a good way to fire somebody. Um, and, and certainly the way they got rid of him probably wasn't the best way. Um, but then again, you know, sometimes you have to do what you got to do, and I think you know for Coach Richt, um, I think it was just as much he wanted to get out as as much as uh, they wanted him out because it just looked like he was burnt out. So they had to, you know, you had you had to make a move sometimes. You had to make tough decisions in AD, and that certainly was was one of the toughest because you know you, you and I both know what what impacts uh, that Mark Richt had on the Georgia program. So that's never an easy thing to do. That's kind of like what uh, Jerry Jones did to Tom Landry. I, I know it's professional in college, but you know it's it's uh, it's kind of one of those you come in um, as AD and then you know you 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 have to you have to leave your mark. So. Uh, you know, lots of good things that he accomplished, some tough decisions that he had to make along the way. Um, certainly not a perfect tenure as AD, but you know, to expect a perfect tenure is uh is a bit much. Exactly. I mean, how many programs where just about all of your sports are doing well and they're competing for championships? I mean, and George has done that during his tenure. I think uh, bringing um Courtney uh, Capetz back and for the gymnastics program is huge. Um, she she was a part she was a part of those national championships at Georgia, so she knows what it takes to get back uh, to the winning ways in gymnastics. And you know our softball team ha- has made sectionals and and the tournament the last couple of years. So I, th- I think they're doing a great job. And soccer is still on the up and up. Um, so he, he's done some great things. And, and baseball, oh my God, I mean those facilities are are absolutely beautiful. And um, the baseball coach there is doing such a great job. And and both women's and men's basketball programs are doing well now. So um, I, I think he, he's done a great job. And you and I both know that, you know, um, being in this in this business is what I call it, a football. You know, you're going to get fired sometimes. And ADs and, and uh, presidents and principals, you know, they have to make hard decisions. Um, so um, was it time, you know, for Coach Rick to go? You know, I think so. I think, like you said, he kind of got burned out and everything like that. Could it have been handled better, of course. Of course it can have, but, you know, uh, those decisions were made, and, and you know, George is kind of reaping the benefits of that, and Coach Rick is, is doing a phenomenal job being an analyst uh, for the ACC Network. So, you know, everybody's winning, 
Um, and, and, and that's what you want at the end of the day. You want everybody to be successful in whatever their next endeavor is. And, and I think that uh, he's done a good job of that. And like I said, I'm looking forward to my man, Josh Brooks, um, you know, do, doing a great job with that, that interim tag. And, and hopefully it becomes a, a permanent tag. He's been there for a long time. And um, he, he's been the face of a lot of sports. You know, he, he was a great guy for us um, with the football program. So I'm looking forward to see what he can do. And I think this is his second time as, as interim because I think – uh, Greg McGarity had to step away for some sort of medical issue or some sort of procedure he was having done, and and Josh Brooks I think took over for for a period of time. So this is uh, I, I think they really want to give him the job, but obviously they have to do their due diligence and kick the tires on some other candidates. But I, I think if Josh Brooks ends up with the job, you know he earned it um, because of what's going to be out there and what's going to be available and uh, who's going to come after this job. Because I mean. You know, at a top program in the SEC to be an athletic uh, athletic director at would be uh, a, a dream job for a lot of people. Um, and, and that being said, I, I mean, I, I would even venture to say any AD job in this conference would be a would be a dream job for somebody in that world. So, uh, for Josh Brooks to get it, I think that will be a huge home run, a huge hit. I think a lot of people in the Athens community would love to see that, and uh, I'm rooting for him too. I think he'll do a heck of a job. I mean, he he he's. He's a guy. He's a, he's a younger guy. He gets it. I think he understands the pulse of college football now and what needs to happen with the stadium experience uh, for for college football Saturdays. I, I think he realizes he's going to carry that over to Stegman Coliseum. I think they've done a good job of renovating that thing uh, as best they can. But uh, there's going to have to be some more solutions to be had with uh, with that building that's been uh, that's been up since 1920. Um, so I think just understanding that this SEC game is an arms race will be. Uh, great, but I wish all the best to Greg McGarity in his retirement. We will keep you guys posted on the AD search um, as it unfolds. Uh, also, in the news uh, recently, and and uh, it was surprisingly not much of a distraction uh, for the team this weekend. But Dwan Mathis left the program. He has now entered the transfer portal. I uh, feel bad for the kid, but things just couldn't work out for him here. Uh, gave it a shot. Uh, but uh, you know what? What do you make of Dwan Mathis going into the uh, transfer portal? Where do you think he ends up? You know, I, I wish him all the best. You know, he kind of got dealt a bad hand. You know, coming coming off of, of a major surgery, um, kind of getting thrown in the fire early, and you know, and, and it kind of shook him a little bit. And and that was expected. You know, coming from um, things that he went through the year before, and you know, finally getting back into football and swing rotation things and. And, you know, right now, uh, George is clicking, you know, and, and from from an athletic standpoint, not even being a coach, you know, you want to play, you know, and when you realize that you're not the guy or you might not get the chance to play again, you know, you want to go and and see see what's out there, you know, see where, see where if you can go somewhere you can play. So um, I'm not mad at the decision that he made. Um, you know, you like I said, you, you got those uh, Twitter finger people that's out there just bashing the young man. Um, but that. A lot, a lot of these people have never been in those situations. So you can't say what you can, what you will and wouldn't do, you know. And, and for him, you know, who, 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 he is a competitor. You know, you can see it in, in his eyes, you know, after that Florida game and after the Arkansas game, you know. Yeah, he, he's a competitor and he wants to play, you know. So I, I wish him all the best in, in his next endeavor. And, and, you know, hopefully he gets that chance to show, you know, what kind of quarterback he can be um, and, you know, just – just keep your head up, man, just and, and, and keep working because, you know, you have a bright future. You know, not many people bounce back from, from his situation. You know, he bounced back very, very well, you know, and, and took it in stride. And, you know, and he, he's going to be good wherever he goes pretty much. So um, I wish him all the best. And, 
And you and and in my heart, you'll always be a dog. You'll always be a dog in my heart. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I, I think he, you know, he poured a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this, uh, into this endeavor. And and you know, you you wish him well, and and you, you hope that he can, that he can bounce back somewhere. I, I think that he just needs to find a program that he can fit at, um, and and really make an impact with, uh, you know, given his skill set. So you know, hope hope the best for him. He's always he's always a dog to me as well. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. So uh, wish him wish him well uh, is as well. So, um, looking at the uh, the week twelve, or I guess week thirteen games, I should say, uh, week twelve was the NFL, but uh, the week thirteen games for the SEC, uh, we're gonna we're gonna see where we were right, where we were wrong. Uh, starting off with uh, Vandy and Missouri, uh, that game we talked about the story of uh, Sarah Fuller uh, coming in to uh, to kick for Vanderbilt, and unfortunately. Vanderbilt did about as most of the Vanderbilt thing you could do um and getting shut out 41 to nothing not never giving her a real shot at a field goal so they had to manufacture her on the only kickoff that they had uh luckily the start of the second half because I don't think they would have done it at the beginning of the game um but they only had one chance for her to get out there and kick and uh she kicked it off and uh, she executed the squib kick there that was obviously the story of the game but Connor uh, Basilic, 30 of 37, 318 yards. Larry Roundtree, 160 on the ground, uh, scoring three times. Tyler Batty, uh, seven catches, 102 um, through the air. Uh, but, I mean, this Missouri offense was humming quite along. And uh, I get that it was Vandy, but if you're in rhythm, you're in rhythm. It doesn't matter who's on the other side. So a uh, great game for Missouri on that. And uh, Derek Mason uh, is uh, no longer the head coach at Vanderbilt. They relieved him of his duties uh, as of – uh, yesterday. So, uh, what what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Um, I, I thought, you know, and Van, Vanny's going to play hard, you know, and, and that's what they did the whole entire game. And, um, you know, like you said, you know, when, when you're clicking, you know, especially offensively, um, you know, that nobody can stop you no matter, no matter who you're out there playing. So, um, I think Missouri came out with a good game plan and ended up dominating Vandy. Um, and kudos to Sarah Fuller, you know, coming out and you know, getting her chance to, to come out there on the field and make a kick. And, and, you know, and like I say all the time, these these people don't understand. It was a squib kick. That, that's what she was told to go out there and do, um, you know. So, um, you know, it's just great to, to see that happening. That's, that's a big moment uh, for her, for the university, and, and, and for, for little girls and women out, out there, you know, everywhere to know that, you know, there's always a chance. And, and like she said, um, she, she's always wanted to compete. And, and she and she competed and won the job, and she got a chance to go out there, and, and she did a great job. So um, kudos to Vanny for giving her that opportunity, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see her again, and, and maybe she'll get another opportunity to, um, you know, kick a field goal and stuff like that. So, um, you know, looking forward to see, you know, how Vandy finishes out this season, you know, will they pack it in or, or will they continue to compete? Um, so, um, and one one thing is, is I hate you know as a coach you know you never want to see anybody get fired but we we've been talking about it for a while that it was time for Vandy to make a change and they did and and trust me Co- Coach Mason's not going to be unemployed for long um, he he's a great defensive mind and, and I promise you somebody's going to pick him up um, especially when you look at like I say all the time Ole Miss Ole Miss is I'm pretty sure they're going to be looking for somebody on defense so. Uh, he won't be unemployed long, and uh, good luck to him and his future endeavors as well. Yeah, I mean, they uh, relative, relatively speaking, uh, for Vanderbilt, 
they're recruiting quite well. So that that's not a you know that's not a area a total area of, of weakness for them. I, I think just the overall program and, and the development of of uh, the people once they get there, I, I think, is kind of taking a hit. And I think a lot of it's just because Derek Mason was overwhelmed as head coach. I I, I don't think that. I mean, obviously, no one's ever ready to be a head coach. I, I think you're, you know, no matter no matter how long you spend as a coordinator, you're always thrown into the fire when it, when it comes to to head coaching. So it was always going to be a tough situation for him being at a school that uh, doesn't care for athletics uh, the, the the way that Vandy does, or doesn't care for football at least. Uh, they I think they've kind of picked baseball as their pillar uh, pillar sport. But uh, you know, I, you know, you you wish the best for for a guy like Derek Mason because he's a great dude. I think off the field development. Uh, some things that he put in place at Vanderbilt with those with those players and the staff was outstanding. I, I think the 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 way that he was uh, very inclusive within the community. He was a pillar in the community. You always saw him out. Uh, you always saw him out and about. You always heard from him, and he was such a accessible guy that you know you you feel bad for him getting fired. But then again, it, it's it's going to be a much needed change in culture. Uh, for Vanderbilt, at least in the football department of it, uh, and, and and maybe somebody that is not quite as overwhelmed. So you, you you're looking to see kind of who the candidates are and and who's going to be front runners for this job. I I know I have my opinions on who should get it. I don't know if that will actually happen or if they'll actually take it. But uh, if they can get Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina, that would be not only a home run. That would be a grand slam. Uh, that would I think that would blow the lid off the off the program there. I, I think he's he's somebody that does a lot with very little uh, at Coastal Carolina. I mean, Coastal Carolina was picked to finish dead last in their conference. I think they're Sun Belt, right? Uh, they were picked. They're, yeah, they're in the they were picked dead last preseason, and they're undefeated still. So undefeated and game day game day is going to be there this weekend against with their matchup against. Yeah, Liberty. I mean they had to they had to do the the blue turf gimmick even to, to draw attention to the program. And they are humming, man. They're, they're, they're going right along. And I mean, Chadwell's got them playing some great football. They're physical. They're, they're explosive on offense. They do a lot of things. Well, they're fundamentally sound. And I, I think that's something that Vanderbilt needs. They just need to get back to basics. And I think that Jamie Chadwell, if they can hire him, that would be a home run, a grand slam, uh, whatever the strongest point in, in baseball is, which I, I guess is a grand slam. But, um, you know, also Billy Napier would be a good candidate uh, for them. He's got the raging mm-hmm. Cajuns. Raging, uh, I I think uh, coordinator wise, if you can get Tony Elliott from Clemson, uh, I think you need an offensive minded guy to come in and build a more explosive offense and just get some excitement in the program. Um, obviously, Luke Fickle is probably the number one candidate on the board for every job, so you're not going to get him really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you need to get a southeastern guy uh, somewhere, and and yeah. I think you need a guy that's used I- to this region. Um, and somebody that will will do well here. So, I'm telling you, with, with Coach Sarkeesian and you know Butch Jones over there too at Alabama, you know to, th- those two guys. You know, Coach Coach Jones comes from Tennessee. He, he's been under the wing of um, Coach Saban for a while now, and, and Coach Sarkeesian has has shown, you know, especially this this weekend that he can handle it. Um, I believe um, he's kind of resurrected his career too. You know, so those are two names to look out for too. So it'll be interesting to see what South Carolina and Vanderbilt end up and who they decide to choose. Yeah, I heard South Carolina is is closing in on a deal with Shane Beamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I think he's a great coach. You know, he comes from Georgia. You know, his dad is Frank Beamer. You know, so he knows the ins and outs, and he can always, you know, refer back to those days and 
you know, get ideas and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what this offseason brings and who they put where and, and, it, and, and whoever gets the job. It's all about who you put around you, yeah. too. You know, um, you know, your coordinators, you know, your, your, your staff, you know. Um, can, can those guys, like you said, you know, get back to fundamentals and, and get, get the ball rolling. So it, it's going to be a fun offseason to see, you know, how those, how those jobs shake out and going into next year, you know, how they prepare and, and get ready for the season. Well, if, I, if I'm Vandy, I'm going after Sark. I mean, I think he'd be a, he could be a great addition to, to any program. I think he's ready. I think some of his demons, I think he's kind of, you know, rehabbed on that. I think he's, I think he's back. Uh, I think the the Sark you saw at USC, which I think a lot of people are going to point to as why are you hiring this guy? He was terrible at USC, but I think there was a lot more in play uh, versus just straight football knowledge because I think he's a great coach. He's he's kind of like the the new edition of. I mean, him and Kiffin are basically the same cat, uh, except. Except exactly. Sarkeesian had a drinking exactly. problem. You know, he, he was an alcoholic. Yeah. But he, he went to rehab. Uh, he went to also he went to coaching rehab with Nick Saban. Uh, so I think that's a that's the double whammy of rehab. So I think he's I think he's ready. I think he's ready for his redemption shot. I think Vanderbilt would be a great program to turn around if he can turn that program around. My God, he uh, when when Nick Saban retires in thirty years, because I think Nick Saban is I think he's not human. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that uh, you know Sarkeesian really needs to kind of step away from Alabama, get that head coaching role, turn a program around, and then realistically in three seasons when Nick Saban decides to retire, I think he could possibly set himself up as the front runner to uh, to take back over at Alabama uh, when, Saban, when Saban leaves. I, I don't think Kirby Smart is, is going to do it. Um, I think he's where he wants to be. Um, obviously, Jeremy Pruitt's not the answer at Tennessee, so why would he be any better at Alabama? Uh, Jimbo might be Somebody they look at if he, if Jimbo can make a run to the playoffs here uh, for for A and M, uh, he could possibly get himself in the driver's seat for Alabama and Dabo Sweeney. They're going to make a run at him. They're going to make him say no. But mm-hmm. I don't think Dabo leaves Clemson. Why would you? Um, but uh, so so a lot of things in play here. I think Sarkeesian can really help himself out if he if he gets into that. So let's talk about the let's talk about the Iron Bowl. All right, we were uh, where we were right on Vanderbilt. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be that right that much right, but. Um, Turns out that we were. Uh, for uh, on the flip side, we've talked about the Iron Bowl being probably the most competitive game of the year. It didn't matter. Throw out all the records. Throw out everything. Uh, nothing matters in this game. It's always going to be tight. It always generally is tight. But my God, Alabama's explosive, right? Forty-two thirteen. Nick Saban was at home screaming at the TV. Uh, <laughs> did the public address uh, on the video board for Senior Day. But just, I mean, probably this game is really impressive. I think Mac Jones, 302 yards, five touchdowns, I think probably solidified his run at the Heisman Trophy. I, th- I think him and Trask were neck and neck, and I think that he pulled away in this one. And so Alabama, man, they, I mean, they're they're obviously the number one team in the country. They they proved it. They, I think they, there's not a whole lot you can say about um, Alabama's performance against Auburn, except for wow, man, they they came out and played some inspired football, didn't they? Jeez, they <laughs> they, were... they they they, they look absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the um, the Auburn defense came out and gave them a, a little little scare, you know, the first couple series, but then after that, once they figured everything out, man, they were rolling. Uh, Mac Jones throws the most beautiful deep ball I have ever seen. 
until my he's as soon as his receivers gets a step, it's in the air, uh-huh. you know. And then those guys, they they are having to wait for the football. They they're running under the football. I mean, when you got Devontae Smith on your team, I mean, who, who can lose? You know, that kid is absolutely amazing. I'm so glad that he is graduating and he's going to the NFL, so we don't have to see him anymore. He's, he's um, going to take us because free year. he he is phenomenal. Oh my God, he is phenomenal. <laughs> yes. um, but just watching that game. You know the defense kind of gave um, the defense gave Auburn a chance. You know they they were getting a couple three and outs. Um, you know ma- making them forcing Alabama to punt the ball. But after a while, I said you know and I said um, on Thursday. I mean on Wednesday last week. It depends on which Auburn offense shows up. The one from the last couple of weeks or the one that that began the season. The one that began the season showed up and it and it was bad. It, it was really bad. Um, you know. Uh, Nick, Nick's like they and and um, you know th- those guys said it while they were announcing. Why is he getting out of the pocket a couple of times? He just sits in the pocket, you know, make step up, make good throw. You know, they had the one to Seth Williams at the end of the game where he should have called for a touchdown. Basically, the same concept that Alabama ran to Devontae Smith that they scored on. Um, you know that that would have been a big momentum change. But by God, I mean they just looked so horrid on offense that it, it was bad. And, you know, we, we talked about Alabama's defense. You know, they weren't as spectacular as they have been in the past, but I'll be dog if they didn't show it on, on Saturday. Them boys came ready to play, and they I'm talking about they are knocking the dust off of people. Um, so it, it was a great game to watch. Um, I hate it for Auburn. Um, but, I mean, Alabama showed why they're the number one team in the nation, uh, even without their head coach, who I'm sure was cringing not being there. Um, as he said, you know, he, he said he felt helpless, you know, um, watching it. Um, watching the game um, at home. So, um, you know, it was just good to see them, you know, keep clicking without him being there. It just shows how good that coaching staff is as well. Um, to not have your head coach there and, and to still keep clicking the way that they did, um, it, it was great to watch. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, th- this is another feather in, in Sarkeesian's cap. I mean, you know, Nick Saban can only get, can only get you so far. If he's not there, there's going to be some things that come up in the week uh, or during the game, or pregame, or something that he's not going to be around to kind of help you, to help guide you through. You're just going to have to go off instinct. And Sarkeesian got this team fired up, made sure this team stayed focused because they had a built-in excuse. Nick Saban's not there. The distraction of of all of that could have led into this Iron Bowl and and could have been a, um, you know, could have been another named game for Auburn. Um, but when when you look at it. It's like they played even better. It's like they were extra focused, uh, and they used that uh, chip of Nick Saban not being there to prove, hey, we're we're a well-oiled machine, and and uh, you know I felt like they played on a different level, and, and and a lot of that is due like because you knew they were gonna you knew they were gonna be good, right? Regardless, but I think Sarkeesian did a good job of taking them to that next level and elevated their play even more uh, to make this what what is normally a very tight game, a blowout. So credit him. Man, he, he did a great job. I, I, I think he, I think he's ready. Um, you know, he, he stayed calm. You know, obviously you can't see the things they say now, which is absolutely no fun with the mask on. But, you know, he stayed calm through it. You know, him and the defensive coordinator worked well together. Um, and then he just, ran, he just ran his offense like he normally would if Coach Saban was there. You know, so if that didn't show the world that he's ready, um, he's matured, you know, he's gotten past his demons, um, I, I don't know I don't know what else will. Um, you know, you never judge anybody by their past. You always judge them um, 
by, by their future. And I think he has a bright future um, right now, and especially after that game in the Iron Bowl, um, which you know is a big rivalry game. Your head coach in there, and you handle it in stride. Um, so, you know, he, he did a great job. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what, what's next for him, you know, um, just because just what he's been through. Uh, same thing with Lane Kiffin, you know, when, when – when he came to Alabama, you know, he was kind of battling his own demons. And you see what he's doing at Ole Miss right now. So, I um, mean, it, it can only get better for him right now. And it was great to see um, Alabama come out and do things that they did, um, especially, you know, just, just with those athletes. I mean, it, it Alabama, good Lord, if one, one goes down, they got another one to stable. You know, they, they got another bullet ready to go. So, um, kudos to Alabama. And it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they do um, in the SEC championship game against Florida. And I know we'll talk about Florida because that game was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, you talk about uh, head coach and defensive coordinator in harmony, uh, you know, where Sarkeesian and his defensive coordinator uh, was in great harmony. Uh, Todd Grantham and Dan Mullen uh, seemed to be telling each other how they felt, I guess is, is a nice way to put it. Uh, Mullen was chewing them out. And uh, chewing him out for a good good bit of time. I think they missed. I think ESPN even missed a play just showing him getting chewed out, and uh, showing the exchange there. But uh, again, that the story of that game was that, and the fact that the Kyles went off, uh, Trask and uh, Pitts went off, uh, three touchdowns, all three to Kyle Pitts, uh, all three passing touchdowns, I should say, to uh, to Kyle Pitts uh, from Kyle Trask. He was twenty one of twenty seven, two hundred fifty six yards. What's up with Kentucky? Is it, it there's something going on with the with the culture there? The offensive play calling is beyond atrocious. So I, I think there definitely needs to be a change on the offensive side of the ball there. But um, is it like program wide now? Is it you know what, what what's going on there? I think just from watching, I think it's on the offensive side of the ball. I think the defense came out and played really well, especially in the first half. You know, holding holding uh, Florida's you know big play offense to only seven points, um, and they only and they got what a field goal and, and a punt return there at the end uh, by Tony. Um, so I, I think the defense is fine. I, I think defense coming out and playing well. It's just the offense, and you know just as well as I do. You know, when when the offense is struggling, you put your defense back out there on the field. You know, you, you're going to give up those big plays, and they're going to get worn down. So I think that's a problem. I think they are going to make a change. Um, an offensive coordinator um, after the season, uh, if not before. Um, so um, they, they, they gave Florida a run for the money in that first half. And I think that's where the frustration between Mullen and, and Grantham came along because, they I mean, they're actually running the ball against Florida. You know, obviously we know Kentucky's not going to throw the ball, but, I mean, the, the, the runs that they were getting, big runs, they're getting six, seven yards on first down, you know, and second down and make, making it third and short, you know. So – um, I think I think it is offensive. I think they have to get more explosive on offense. Um, you know, you got you got to throw the ball in this league. You can't just run the ball. If you're going to do that, you might as well run the wing tee um, or, or option football in 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 this league. So, um, I think they will make a change at, on offense and um, you know give Dan Mullen and Coach Grant the more headaches because I mean. That 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 chewing out was just about as good as the Nick Saban Lane Kiffin chew out um, a couple of years ago. So um, it, it was funny to see, um, but it, it was good to see you know that those guys bounce back in the second half and and get the job done. You know, and and being a coach and you you you're not a real coach unless you've been chewed out by your head coach. I mean, point blank period. 
Um, we, we, I know, I know I've had my fair share of chilling out, you know, <laughs> during games and stuff like that. So, um, you know, and those things happen, you know, and, and it's funny, you know, from, from the outside looking in, but, you know, at the same time, you know, you, you got to go back and look at what you're doing and, you know, understand where your head coach is coming from. And, and, you know, you never take it personal. Everybody has a job to do. And, you know, he just wants you to do your job a little bit better. And he, he expresses it in, in frustrating ways at times. And it gets caught on camera. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, this is, yeah, I, that's immediately what I thought of when I saw that. So, um, and I, I think I heard somewhere where they were arguing over Christmas lights, um, which was, <laughs> was that Dan Mullen in his press conference saying that he was telling Todd Grantham that he shouldn't hang his Christmas lights before Thanksgiving or something like that? He made some sort of funny uh, joke out of it and uh, uh-huh. just kind of made light of it, which, I mean, those things happen. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's probably not – that's not the first time, certainly won't be the last for, for Grantham uh, to, to get in a heated exchange like that. So, um, and, yeah. and, so and that's football. Yeah, that's football. It, it's football. It happens. And, and, and any, any time, you know um, – uh, your coaches feel like you should be doing something differently or, you know, you're struggling a little bit. Um, I mean, that, that's going to happen. That, that That's the game. And you can't take it personal as a coach. And I don't think he did. And I, and I think the reason they were going back and forth, because um, if I read his lips correctly, I think he said, why have y'all only scored seven points? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, and I, and I think that's why Mullen got a little bit more fired up uh, toward the end there. But, um, you know, it, it, it it's part of the game and you know it, it's good tv to watch and you know and florida's florida so i'm looking forward to seeing um if, if it all has if it all shakes out that way i would love to see georgia in that game again uh, against alabama since since we're, we're we're we look like we look like we're a team now you know we're, we're more balanced than we were when we played them so i would love to see us but if it's florida and alabama um in the sc championship game it's going to be a dang good one and it's going to be really good to see um you know, if that that fire comes back out during the, during that game, especially the way the Alabama is looking right now, yeah, no doubt. And uh, so, speaking of which, uh, the last couple of games we had uh, LSU Texas A and M. That game took place Saturday night. Uh, felt like it kind of went under the radar, but A um, and M had a very rusty uh, welcome back to uh, to league play. Kellen Mond was eleven of thirty four. Not a great night for him. Uh, but see, but uh, CJ Spiller, uh, Isaiah Spiller, twenty seven carries, one hundred forty one yards, and a touchdown. Really made up for it. Uh, they they played a great game against an LSU team that struggled mightily. TJ Finley, nine of twenty five, two picks, uh, just an awful awful game from LSU. Um, and and A and M kind of got back uh, in in a good way, uh, rushing the ball for uh, you know one hundred and sixty yards, and they had two hundred sixty seven yards of total offense. But their defense came to play. Their defense bailed them out. Their defense played really well. So uh, that was a good game. And then also Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the Egg Bowl, uh, Ole Miss. That was uh, all the pregame billing that led up to it. Uh, Lane Kiffin said he wasn't going to really make a big deal out of it and do stuff, but you, you knew he was lying there, right? Uh, he he stepped <laughs> off the bus with an AJ Brown jersey and a "We Run the Sip" hat. Uh, if you don't if you don't know what the sip is, uh, that is the state of Mississippi. So I had to spell that one out there for for all the ones that. Um, we're living under a rock, but uh, so of these two games, which one stands out to you? I, I watched a lot of the the Egg Bowl uh, because the Iron Bowl wasn't really much to much to watch. Um, but uh, Will Rogers, forty five of sixty one for four forty and three touchdowns, had a great game. Um, but Ole Miss was too much for him. Uh, they went back and forth, uh, and uh, Matt Corral had a good game. Jaron Ely had ninety three yards on the ground and a touchdown. 
Uh, just a good all-around game from Ole Miss. I, I think that they got some stops when they needed to, um, but uh, but all around, I think uh, offensively, I think this game fit fit the billing uh, that everyone thought he was uh, that everyone thought it was going to. So uh, thoughts on on either of these two? Yeah, games? I mean, um, watching Texas A and M game, you know, it started raining uh, halfway through that game, so I think that was had a lot to do with uh, Kellen Mond not not being as sharp as he he's been. Uh, the last couple of games, um, and, and the fact that they hadn't played in two weeks, um, I think that had a lot to do with it. But um, just just seeing that that LSU is down um, this year, and I think I think they're just going to get back to the drawing board uh, when the season's over with and see what they can and can't do. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing them bounce back. They're not they're not dead at all. You know that defense is going to get right, and they might be looking for a defensive coordinator. Um, later on this season, too. So we'll keep our, our eyes and ears open for that one. But the Egg Bowl was very entertaining. Uh, I mean, um, I think I, I tweeted it as well. I said, obviously, Ole Miss didn't watch our game with, with Ole Miss. I mean, with uh, Mississippi State because they, they did the same thing we did. You know, rush three and kind of sit back. And he ate them alive. He, he picked them apart. Um, you know, and without him making a couple of air throws, you know, toward the end and stuff like that, I, I think that game goes in overtime. You know, so – um, it, it, it was it was very fun to watch, very entertaining to watch, and uh, just seeing the pictures afterwards with everybody, um, you know, taking pictures of the trophy and um, what's his name that lifted his leg up last year? That was Elijah Moore. Yeah, Elijah Moore, him him hugging the trophy, uh, you know. Um, so you know that 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 was a very fun game to watch, and, and Lane Kiffin's offense, I mean, is absolutely. Mississippi, Mississippi State go down and score. Next thing you know, Mississippi go down and score. You know, and it, and it was going back and forth. So um, that that was a very entertaining uh, game to watch. And like I said, like we alluded to last week, you know, Mississippi State is going to be a team to be uh, reckoned with. You know, after this recruiting season is over with, in about two more years, I think Mississippi State is going to be really, really good. When um, Rogers is a is a junior, you know, he has another year on his belt, and he understands this offense, and they get a couple guys around him uh, to help him. Um, I think it's going to be really good. And if they get a running back in, you know, that can kind of keep it as balanced as, you know, Coach Lee wants it to be, you know, with the running attack. I think they're going to be really dangerous. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I think these two Mississippi schools are really kind of set themselves up for uh, for some success. I think there's some things that need to happen uh, before that happens. So, um, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Ole Miss needs to find some defense, which they're very young and inexperienced coming in. So uh, you, you knew they were going to struggle regardless. Um but you know we really haven't seen much improvement, so that that kind of lends me to believe that, or leads me to believe that from the top down, it's not great um, in that regard. So I think they need some new leadership over there on the defensive side of the ball because they got some talent. Uh, they just need to do something with it. And then for Mississippi State, I, I just think that you know I, I think Mike Leach is 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 stripped the program uh, to the point where now he can uh, start to rebuild it. He's got guys that that he believes in now. Uh, Jaden Wally, uh, nine catches, 176 um, through the air, average of 19.6 per catch. Uh, another great game for him. He's somebody that I don't think anybody saw him coming, uh, and and he had a, he had a great day. Uh, Jaquarius Spivey, I think I said that right. Five catches. Osiris Mitchell had five catches. Malik Heath had four. Austin Williams and Jaquavius Marks each had six. Dylan Johnson had eight catches, and Cameron Jones and Cameron Gardner each had a catch. Uh, so there was a total of 45 uh, receptions between one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys. So they're spreading the wealth uh, throughout those, throughout mm-hmm. those nine guys. And, you know, Mississippi state's never going to really be a rushing team. 
but they, they had 39 yards on uh, 16 attempts. Will Rogers was the leading rusher uh, with 26 yards. Jaquavius uh, Marks, four, four carries for 10 yards. Dylan Johnson, six carries for 21. Uh, those guys are going to get more contribution in the passing game anyway. That's just kind of the nature of the system. So to, to look at their rushing totals is not really uh, that you know, not really that uh, telling for, for Mississippi State. So both teams are – I think both teams are heading in the right direction. I don't know exactly how long it will take for them. Uh, hopefully the, these two fan bases can be patient because they've. I think they've got a couple great guys here um, in these spots. I think the SEC is in great shape coaching-wise. Uh, you know, you, you're going to have probably three, maybe four programs looking to uh, renew their leadership um, at their programs, but the teams that the teams that renewed last year, the teams that got new guys last year, uh, Arkansas is heading in the right direction. They're playing some great physical football. Missouri's getting better each week. They've just, you know, the talent base has just been decimated. So they've they've literally been in a complete total rebuild. So they they've looked better um, each and every week. Uh, the Mississippi schools, um, you know, start or actually Ole Miss came out of the gates firing. Uh, I think in any other year, Lane Kiffin would be coach of the year, but. Uh, for what uh, Sam Pittman's doing at Arkansas is just simply remarkable. Um, you know, you got a resurgence in Texas A&M. You thought that was kind of a a, a dead in the water type job, but Jim, Jimbo is finally turning the corner there. Uh, you know, Michael Leach, you know, hit rock bottom. Now he's bouncing back up. So, you know, you hope that South Carolina can, or as, as a conference, you hope South Carolina can find their their lightning in a bottle for Georgia. I hope they don't. Uh, for Georgia's sake, I hope they don't. But um, Tennessee's looking to uh, – they've got to make some sort of change, and then, you know, you're going to see what uh, what also uh, can happen at the uh, at, at Vanderbilt and see what they can do. So uh, lots of exciting stuff going on in this conference. I think there's a lot of moving and shaking, as always. Uh, I think there's a lot of great football. Um, in this conference, I think you're seeing some quarterbacks really kind of uh, emerge with uh, in a conference that's not necessarily known for quarterbacks most of the time. Um, but it's good to see Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, and and Kellen Mond be the be the premier quarterbacks of this class or of this conference this year. Uh, JT Daniels is heating up. Will Rogers is heating up. Matt Corral is heating up. Um, then you're going to see uh, what you know the the youngsters at LSU with Max Johnson and TJ Finley. You're going to see if they can kind of turn a corner. You're going to see Ken Seals uh, play some good football at at Vandy. You're going to see Harrison Bailey. Uh, Got to kind of see. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in Kentucky. So, lot lots of good things going on, um, Israel in this conference. So, um, lots to look forward to. Yes, I mean uh, this is the best conference in America. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what everybody does. You know, this off season and moving forward for the rest of this season as well. Um, kind of look at what they're going to do with bowl games this year. Um, I don't know how many they're going to have, but I mean it's it's going to be interesting uh, rest of the year. Um, like I said, just hope that, you know, Georgia continues to do what they're doing, um, which I love what they're doing. And um, as long as we just take care of ourselves and, and don't worry about the outside noise and um, we're, we're going to be we're going to be fine. Um, and, and looking forward to this offseason, you know, get it, get a couple of guys in, get a couple of recruits in and these, these young guys get a year under their belt. So um, looking looking forward to seeing what the SEC does all around, uh, like you alluded to earlier, especially with you know coordinator changes and um, head coaching positions open. So um, it's very exciting time for the SEC right now, and I'm just looking forward to uh, the rest of the season, pretty much. Absolutely, man! I, I can't wait to see how this thing finishes out. But uh, Israel, that's going to do it for us um, in the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. Uh, any final any final words? 
Uh, no, um, just looking forward to another another week of SEC football, um, see, seeing who the movers and the shakers are. And, and as always, you know, everybody be safe during this time uh, with COVID. And we're finally getting some cool weather down here, which is always fun. Um, so everybody just be safe out there. All right. Well, uh, you can find Israel at Troopstar28 um, on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at CoachBurton36. And as always, you can find the show at Believe in Dogs on all of those platforms. Um, so, so check us out. Uh, give us a rating. Subscribe. Again, we're we're sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Uh, I played in a blackjack tournament. Didn't go so well. Um, I got kind of aggressive there uh, towards the end because I got tired of losing. So, you know, it's all good. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm looking to recoup some of the money that I lost in some of the Thanksgiving bets. Um, you know, thanks to the Egg Bowl not living up to the over uh, the over on the 69 points or. You know, not uh, NC State finally laying an egg against Syracuse. Uh, I took a parlay on that, so didn't work out well for me um, in the pro games either. So, um, also uh, on this day, 31 years ago, Israel, um, a very significant event happened. What was that event? 31 years ago. Two, two days. Either you got married or your son was born. I'm not that old. I'm. I'm Am I close? Not even close. When when when, oh, 31 man. years ago, I was in kindergarten. Oh dang! <laughs> I was way off with that. Way <laughs> I'm not as old as you think. I, am. I was about to say 31 years. I was about to say 31 years ago, I was only one. So I know it's not not anything on my side. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation was released. This. Oh man, I didn't even think about December first, nineteen eighty nine. So some iconic lines uh, from that movie. Uh, so uh, just uh, happy anniversary to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, again, uh, t- there's something today that will come up and try to ruin your day. Don't give it that power. Make today count. Every day counts. Uh, that's a quote from David Pollock on Twitter. Um, I thought it was a very good quote. So with that, Israel, uh, we will talk later. Uh, check us out later on in the week. Hopefully we'll be on with at Believe in Vandy uh, and, and previewing this upcoming matchup with the, with the Commodores. Uh, but for Israel Troop, I'm Corey Burton. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. As always, go dogs. Go dogs. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.